Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, my featured guest is Nancy Guberti, and you can find her at nancyguberti.com. She is a functional medicine specialist. She's a nutritionist and a motivational speaker who empowers others to become their best health advocate and reach optimal health and life goals. She's the founder of the Look and Feel Great Method, Nine Steps to a Healthier You, Total Wellness Empowerment Membership, Positively Powerful Parenting Program, Raising Achievers and Givers, and host of the Total Wellness Empowerment Podcast. You know, she's up to some stuff in the world here. Let me just say that. This girl is busy. She's recognized as a thought leader. Nancy's been featured in Associate Press, PNG, uh, Every Day, Shape, Oxygen, uh, Eat This, Not That, Bella, New York, and LA, and others. She shares her expertise on DDP yoga, shows and teaches practitioners for homeopathic companies. She believes awareness will empower others to take charge of their health and their life. So Nancy, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, that was perfect. You're perfect. Thank you so much for having me. And congratulations on all your life um, celebrations. Yes. So BC Nation, what Nancy is referring to is I get married in four days. (laughs) So I get married in four. No, is it three days now? I think it's three days. Um, It's moving quickly. So major life change for me, Nancy. Thank you for pointing that out. And thank you for celebrating that with me. I appreciate that. All right. So share with us something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. I became a Eucharistic minister when I was 20 years old. So I would go to Albert Einstein, which is a hospital in the Bronx, and I would visit the dying patients who were waiting to get into Calvary Hospital, and that's a hospice hospital. Mm. And back then, so I was young, obviously, everyone thought I was a nun. So I would just, you know, it's just too confusing to explain. I was a lay person. So they would be like Sister Nancy. And I was like, yes. And I would bring. (laughs) So you went along with it because it was too much to to explain it. (laughs) Wow. Got it. (laughs) I always wanted to be a nun. So like when I was in third grade, I really wanted to be a nun. And, um, I couldn't because my parents at the time were hiding nuns out that were being sexually abused by parishioners. 
um, in the attic. <laughs> so they really didn't want me to become a nun. Um, so, but I always felt a connection with my religion and spirituality. And then at 20, I was able to go further and become a Eucharistic minister. But I didn't want to do it at the church because people come to you. I wanted to go to the individuals who could not receive because they were either sick or some mm. homebound. And then I saw, you know, a lot of my first HIV patient was there. And um, yeah, I saw a lot of sickness and illness and how many times people would turn to Christ. But, you know, at the last minute, mm. I didn't judge anybody, but I found that interesting. And I was just so happy to walk out of the hospital um, and a breath of fresh air, you know, so I feel like it always, I was always grounded, but I felt that it definitely grounded me during life's challenges. Got it. All right. So that was a lot. All right. And then you skimmed over some things that like, I'm not even sure which ones I want to open up those boxes, right? Like you mentioned, oh, my parents hid nuns in the attic that were being sexually abused by parishioners. Did I get that right? Because I've never heard that before. Yes. So there was a parishioner who actually ran a brothel in the Bronx. And, you know, some of the nuns were very pretty. You know, so there's no place for them to hide. So that's why <laughs> my parents would um, give them comfort until they were able to get out of the States. Wow. Okay. Like you would think the church would have the nuns protected, but that wasn't the case. Not back then. No. Not back then. Okay. Got it. BC Nation, we are living in interesting times. And as you can see, evil is always present in our world, regardless of the era or the decade or the century. Evil is always present. Where God is, the enemy is always clawing at the door, right? So, Nancy, let's get into, um, you know, initially I invited you on the show to speak about be careful what you pray for because you may get the answer but it may not look like what you thought it was gonna look like. So you have a short story for me around that and for our audience. Go ahead and share that, would you? Okay, so I have actually two. So one was when I was working at Goldman Sachs, I had a really great position and I was there for, I was in brokerage for 15 years and I would travel four days a week to visit all of the 150 institutional clients. I loved it. It was fast moving. I had two sons. I was married to a great guy, still am. <laughs> and I had my dad take care of my son. So it was just perfect. And I sat there one night on the trading floor and everybody had gone. And I, I just said out loud, God is if this is the purpose you put me here on earth to make this company lots of money and also, you know, thank you. I had a very lucrative salary as well. Then that's fine if I know, but if there's something else, if there was more to life that you put me here for, show me, because I think deep down inside, I felt there was some, you know, like, is this it? You know, and then I just put that away. I, I put it out there. And then I would say about a year later, my youngest son developed a very severe liver disorder and ammonia was going through his body and doctors had no answers for me. 
And I really was at the crossroads and I had to decide what I was going to do. So I abandoned all of my previous um, knowledge and my career and really took matters into my own hands and went to school for food chemistry and went further into functional medicine. And that's eventually the sole purpose was to save my son, but always asking God for guidance. I hated biology. I didn't like science. I didn't know what I was doing. I was numbers and brokerage. So I was like, God, you have to, like, I can't do this. So use me, you know, like use me, wear me to the bone, take my life, whatever it is to help him. And at times I felt very abandoned and I would think of Jesus Christ where he was like, Father, why have you abandoned me? But I was like, oh, but I'm just a human. I'm not like him. I felt even guilty even asking that, but it really tore me and um, got me to my knees of praying in a, in a different way. And lo and behold, nothing short of a miracle on a very long journey, my son healed. So that was one instance where like, oh, you know, watch what you ask for. And then we had very close friends who, um, a married couple had a child two years old and the, the husband's best friend was single. So he would be going into New York City, hanging out with a bunch of women, going clubbing and other things. And he thought to himself, man, I wish I was single. I wish I had that life. But he was married. And 9-11 came around and his wife died in one of the towers. And he said to me, and I'll never forget at her memorial mass, he said, you know, watch what you ask for. I asked for this. And the guilt has lived with him ever since. Mm. You know, do not covet your neighbor's wife. Do not cover your neighbor's goods, right? Do not cover, cover or want and desire your neighbor's life or lifestyle. And here's a, a gentleman that even though he's married, he's been giving one of God's precious daughters for the rest of his life as a gift. He's looking at his friend and going, oh, he's out clubbing. He's going to strip clubs. I want that. I wish I was single. And be careful what you ask for. God allowed it. And he lost his wife in 9-11 BC Nation and then lived with regret for the rest of his life. Like how sad, how tragic, how real is that story? So I really get that. And uh, wow, powerful. So Nancy, I, we're going to jump on a few topics here. Thank you for sharing those two stories. Um, both have very specific messages. And, and you with your son, right? I think, what, what age was he? About two years old when that happened? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Got it. So both stories were there was a two-year-old kid involved somewhere. And, uh, you know, that you left your Goldman Sachs career making seven figures, I believe you told me. Um, making all that money for the company, making that money for your, your, your family and left that all behind um, to go full time into finding a cure, a way for your son to heal. And then God causing a miracle through it all. Um, what an act of faith. Um, what did you do in those times when you felt alone, abandoned? Um, how did you push through to the next day? Like, what did you do? Because there's listeners right now that are in that moment of their life. They're in that experience. Maybe the situation is different, but they're pushing through and they literally don't know if they can go another day right now. What and do you I've want to say there. to them? <laughs> I've been there. And first of all, like 
don't feel that you're less holy or less spiritual if you doubt. <laughs> because when I was like, oh my God, I feel so abandoned. What have I done to deserve this? Like, you know, like, it's like, or do it to me, not this innocent child, you know? So don't ever feel like, oh God, if I feel that way, then I'm not worthy for God's miracles and his love. So I would, that's a really important message to take home is we are all worthy for God's love because we are made in his image, right? So that's one. The second thing, when it was lonely and hard, I would pray. I would either, you know, pray childhood prayers combined with my own words. So there's comfort to me in praying. Some people call it meditation, whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, whatever way of prayer gives you comfort. Because I think if you really sit still and you pray, you do find, you find that you're not alone and there's a presence around you. You know, if you're really um, into it, <laughs> so, and if you don't know how to do it and you only know a childhood prayer, do that first and then just pretend that God or Jesus or the Blessed Mother, or whomever you want uh, to be next to you, pretend they're there and say, hey, listen, this sucks. Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I need help. You know, I can't do this alone. And I, and I, I you know, um, show me the way. And I would ask for signs. And then everything looks better in the morning. So get to bed. <laughs> you know, what I see is like so many people stay up late at night and it's all dark and, and, and their body's tired after a long day and they may have really eaten some horrible food and that affects you as well. <laughs> and sometimes it's just better to go rest. You know, I'm so going to jump on that and piggyback because I literally just lived that uh, this morning. Last night, I was beat down through family drama and other stuff happening right before my wedding. And, and I shared some of it with you. And I was ex like emotionally spent by 930. And I was like, I'm going to bed. And I went to bed and I, my body woke up. I set my alarm for 5.45 a.m. for eight hours. And I woke up on my own at 4.50, wide awake. And I felt refreshed. Like it was really interesting. And all that heaviness and despairing that I was feeling just last night a few hours ago was lifted, was gone. And I woke up and I started cleaning the house and preparing for my new bride. Like, and I spent, before the world woke up, I was cleaning, cleaning and, and letting go of stuff. And I just had this energy to do it. And so BC Nation, I agree with what Nancy said, and she's in this health space. Like sometimes the best thing you can do is go to sleep and rest and wake up the next day, sunshine, new day, new start, new beginning and then surrender that to God. What, what shows up for you in that, Nancy? Anything you wanna add? Yeah, and also have some type of really positive daily habits to wake up to. So, I mean, I like to wake up to prayer. You know, I'm happy I'm alive. <laughs> you know, as healthy as we um, can be, one day we will leave this earth, right? In physical bodies. So I'm happy I have another day to enjoy my loved ones 
and all of what God has created and share my work and my message with others for the purpose that leaving a legacy so they too can enjoy life. And then it is a ripple effect into many generations. So I think that people should start the day, either get into a power pose, you know, however you thank God. And if you, you know, call it universe, whatever it is, you know, there's something higher than us. And I think to get in alignment with that, the way you go to a chiropractor to get your spine aligned, I think you should get your day aligned in the right positive step. And, and again, that has a ripple effect. And I'm so happy you realized that your body needed rest. Many people don't realize that. And that affects the adrenal system and their emotions and mental health even more. So our body needs restorative rest. Yeah, I think I got it last night. The, the three nights before, I didn't get it, right? So, all right. So spiritual alignment, first thing in the morning. Uh, what a powerful you know, message right there, BC Nation, is what do you do every day, every day? What is your, your holy habit? What is that spiritual alignment that you do to get postured for the day, like Nancy's talking about? Now, Nancy, you're saying it has a ripple effect um, I'm, I'm guessing as a parent, it has a ripple effect to your kids. It has a ripple effect into your, your um, marriage. It has a ripple effect into your day, into your career. You know, speak to us about that. Like, what have you seen specifically? Do you have a, a story to share? Maybe in one of your sons, you've seen your holy habit uh, each morning somehow has had a ripple effect on them in their life. So definitely um, parenting. It, it will have a ripple effect because if you are at peace and you're mindful of what you think and say, it's only going to be about positive parenting. You might not see it when they're young, or you may, but you know, little young kids, they got to learn how to share and all that stuff. <laughs> but what you say is powerful. So it's like taking a nail and hitting it into a piece of wood. If you said something really bad, you could take the hammerhead and take out that nail, but it will forever have a hole in that wood. So you have to be very careful about what you say to yourself, about yourself. What are you projecting on yourself? What are you projecting on your um, significant other? And what are you projecting on your kids? And then years later, you will see the fruits of your labor and you will learn from them. So I'm always learning from my kids. Like if, and you take this into your business as well, you know, cause we all are going to deal with difficult people. So like my uh, one son will be like, don't let anything bother you. Like why, you know, that's not God saying that to you. And the other one will say, if they're dealing with a difficult person, they came from love and one day they're going back to love. And I'm like, I can deal with that pain in the butt <laughs> if I think that way. Um, but seeing the children's spirituality as they are adults and how they will carry it is the legacy that you want to leave behind. You know, because now you know that your work, now it's going to go into um, their families and, and so on. So that's great. And even in your marriage, I mean, if, you know, so before I speak to my husband, if I'm mad at him, I will think of three letters. That's not what you think. <laughs> it, <laughs> 
That was cute. That was cute. It's WWJD. So I always ask myself, what would Jesus do? Mm. How would he speak? And, and I try to, you know, keep that in my mind. I'm not into tattoos, but that would be something I would tattoo on me. I think of that all the time before I speak. Is it easy? Well, you know, we're made of flesh. So sometimes it's not, but when you get into the habit, now it is, now it's easier, you know? Mm. So when you're married, you're dealing with another person that you are different from, and you may not get how they do different things or their idiosyncrasies or whatever. So you have to say, okay, so like, how should I feel? And you unfold it and you unpack it. Again, it's all about being mindful, mindful at work, mindful in parenting, mindful in love, mindful in finances. I think if we're mindful in everything and we align with our God, we can have abundance in all areas of our lives. So break down mindful for a minute, because it sounds very woo-woo to a lot of people. What does that even mean, mindful? Is it just being present to the thoughts that you're having and that you're entertaining? Yes. So my Michael always explains it the best. He's like, you have to be alert, awake to be alive. So lots of people just go through life. They don't know how they drove to work. They're not mindful, right? They're not Mm. being in that moment. They're just like, oh yeah, you know, what did you eat? If I ask somebody, what did you eat yesterday? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, let's think about that. So it's really, and and I'm not, like I'm very scientific, (laughs) Um, but detailed, right? So to to really see what's going on, I think it was the uh, prophecy years ago where you read the book and then people would be like, oh, now I see the green trees. I'm like, you didn't see the green trees before? They were always green, you know, but we weren't mindful. We weren't looking. We weren't aware. We weren't alert. We weren't focused. So When my kids were young, I would tell them, I don't care what you got in school, as long as the end of the day, you were able to look in the mirror and tell yourself, I tried my best. I was fully present in that class, in the day. I don't care what grade you get. If you say you were 100% focused and present at that moment, that's all you need in life. And that's being mindful. Mm, that's a great explanation. Thank you for that. All right. Can you believe we're out of time already? <laughs> no. I mean, we just, we just covered half the world's problems. Let's just be <laughs> real about it. Okay. And I think we came up with some good solutions. So BC Nation, we're speaking with Nancy Guberti. You can find her at nancyguberti.com. She deals with health. She de- deals with mindfulness and she's a good Christian mom and wife, right? So she's, she's a parent just like you. Uh, reach out to her at nancyguberti.com. Find out what she's up to. See if you want to be up to that as well and uh, see what she's doing in the, the health space. All right. So Nancy, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All of a sudden your confidence dropped like no, 50 yeah. degrees. I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? He's all forgiving. Mm. What's your least favorite thing? I would be fearful of him. Got it. What are you most afraid of? 
I would say when I was younger, if I sinned, I, I, now I fully get that he accepts everything, but maybe not then. I'm like, oh, damn, I sinned. I'm trying to be good. I was younger. <laughs> Got it. What did you, speaking of younger, what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Way too much time doing in my 20s. Um, I guess planning. I would. I, I like to plan everything and set lists. And, and life is. You have to be flexible. Yeah, you do. What secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear. Mm-hmm. Um, secret fear. Oh, maybe some of them are disguised as good people, but they're devils. There you go. That's a secret fear right there. You know, your son when he was on my show, he got stumped on that one. He would not answer it. I was like, answer the question, man. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? He's always with you. Mm, amen to that. What's a new habit you want to form? New habit. Getting back into my yoga practice. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Not getting into my yoga practice. Yeah. Pick, <laughs> pick three words to describe who you are now empowering, motivating, and loved. I get that. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. Three words before. I mean, I wanted to be a nun at third grade, so let me think about this. <laughs> Uh, young, no. <laughs> um, very young. <laughs> I, I would say I didn't fully get all about the problems in the church. Mm. So I guess that would be more trustworthy of the men that were priests, you would know? You say naive. Possibly. Naive, that would be good. Yep. Got it. All right, and last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your sons and your husband in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I love you. Hmm. I love you, BC Nation. Amen to that. Nancy, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? During times of challenge and troubles, you will never be alone if you have a relationship with God. And usually during happy times, you don't um, are concerned about that relationship, but still offer gratitude that he's with you. That's it. BC Nation, if you never want to feel alone, put your trust in God. He's the one. He's the one. Do you love listening to this show, Broken Catholic BC Nation? Do you love guests like Nancy Guberti sharing her stories, sharing her lessons, sharing her life with you, being transparent? If you do, then go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes if you haven't yet and share the show with someone you love. Share the show, share this content. Maybe there's a, another parent out there that needs to hear Nancy and what she, she just shared today. So go ahead and share the show. And you can find more about me and spiritual coaching with me, if that's something you're interested in, at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. Go ahead and schedule a, a spiritual clarity call with me. We'll jump on uh, for about 30 minutes. 
and we'll help you get clarity on what do you want in your life right now? And do we want to work together? If that's something of interest, go to josephwarren.net. Nancy Guberti, you can find her at nancyguberti.com. Nancy, thank you for being on the show. I wish, you you God's, I wish you God's love, God's peace, and God's joy in your life. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.